Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the book of Esther, chapter 5, that is Mugilat Esther, Parakeh. And we continue from where we left off at the end of the last chapter 4, Mordechai had challenged Esther and asked her to intervene on behalf of her people to save them from this decree, this evil decree of genocide that was promulgated by Haman, who has now um, been elevated to the second highest position in the land next to the king. <clears throat> the way we have been presenting this story is going to be important for us to understand this fifth chapter as well. And we have presented this story as a as a uh, contest of influence between Mordechai in the king's court and Haman in the king's court. Mordechai representing loyalty, even in the face of danger to himself, whereas Haman represents corruption and represents bribery and represents selfishness and the desire to usurp the power from the king Ahasuerus himself. So as Haman moves up in the um, in his uh, in in his position. He then took advantage of that to destroy all the Jews. But the one thing Haman needs to do is get rid of Mordechai because Mordechai is, is the one who is loyal to the king. And Haman knows that if the king gets wind of Haman's selfish desire to take over the kingdom, <clears throat> and then he looks at Mordechai and sees how Mordechai was so loyal to him to the extent that he exposed the plot against the king, then Haman is really in deep trouble. So that, with that background, we can read and understand the chapter 5 that we're about to read. And it was on the third day. Remember, Esther had asked the people of, of Israel, the, people, the Jewish people of the town of Shushan, to fast and pray for three days. So on the third day, Esther got dressed up in her <coughs> royal clothing, and she stood in the inner courtyard of the king, facing the king's palace. And the king was sitting on his royal throne in the royal room, facing the entranceway to the house. So he saw her in the entranceway. And it was Remember, this is a very... Um, Dangerous moment because the king, if she's standing there and he doesn't want her there, he the the rule of the law is she would be put to death. But he saw her omedet bechatzer standing in the courtyard. She found favor in his eyes. He saw her looking, uh, standing there, uh, looking beautiful, and and he said uh, he said, well. And he stretched out his golden scepter that he had in his hand, which is a signal that you are wanted here. So come step inside into the the throne room. Uh, Esther, and Esther came close to the king, and she touched the, the tip of the scepter of the king, which was the appropriate protocol. So the king said to her, Malach Esther Hamalka. What's up with you? What, what's what's going on with you, Esther, the queen? What is it that you would like to request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. The king here 
is offering something which is uh, quite unusual and uh, it, um, most understandably this is just a uh, figure of speech obviously doesn't mean he's going to give away half the kingdom or he's such a foolish guy that he would actually would give away half the kingdom but um but it's not um it seems to be just a matter of figure of speech that whatever it is that you want ask for and understanding that Esther is going to ask for something reasonable. So Vatomer, Esther, and Esther said, <clears throat> now I want you to think for a moment when Esther is answering this question, remember how we understood the last chapter. Esther now realizes that Mordechai's star has fallen. Mordechai, his loyalty to the king has not paid off. And he now really can't and, and, and his words, but what, what he told the uh, courtiers, when I refuse to bow down to Haman because I'm being loyal to the king, and his words have not worked. They didn't get him anywhere. And rather, the opposite happened. Haman, who bribed the king, and Haman, who, who um, is trying to usurp the throne, has his star has risen, and he is the, the, the big one. He is the big guy now. So other than, of course, the king himself. Now, Esther's strategy, I'm going to reveal her strategy now, and then we'll see how she plays this out. Her strategy is to expose Haman to the king so that the king should see that Haman's intention is to usurp the power of the kingdom. And also, her strategy is going to be to expose the truth about Mordechai, that he is a loyal servant, and therefore Mordechai should be the one who gets elevated. And the way she's going to make this happen, we're going to see play out over the, this chapter and the next few chapters. So first she says, If this is okay with the king, I would like to invite the king and Haman today. I remember, Haman right now is the favorite of the king. So she says, I want to invite the king and Haman today, El Hamishta, to the party, Asher Asitilo, that I made for him. Now, Asitilo means the party that I made for one person, singular, not as the party that I made for them, which is an unusual language. Why doesn't it say, I'm inviting the king and Haman to the party I am making for them? So clearly, there's a hint in those words. And, um, and, and she seems to be saying that the party is being made, is being made for the king. However, bringing Haman along is, would be an honor to the king because that is how it's being presented to the public, that Haman is second to the king, and therefore everyone is supposed to bow to him, etc. So I'm making a party for the king, but I would like to invite the king and Haman as well because Haman is such a um, high up position. So the king said, remember, the king now is not at all suspicious of Haman. You'd think he'd be smart enough to realize what Haman's devious plans are, but he's not. And he's not being presented as a very smart guy. So he says, hurry up, Haman, so that he should do exactly what Esther requested. And then the king and Haman came to the party, which Esther has made. So Esther is now setting up a situation where the king assumes that she thinks that Haman is a great guy and she thinks that honoring Haman is also honoring the king and um, the ruse of, 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 of Haman remains intact. So Vayomer HaMelech Esther, verse 6, 
The king said to Esther, and while they are partying and drinking wine, what is it that you're asking? I will give it to you. What do you request? You can ask anything up to half the kingdom and it will be done. So again, Vatan Esther Vatomar, Esther said, What I would like and what I would request is as follows. If I have found favor in the eyes of the king, and if this is good for the if the king agrees to this, to give me that which I ask and to do that which I request. So then I want to bring the king and Haman to the party that I'm going to make for them. This is a key difference here. The first time she made a party for him, the king himself. Now she's making a party for them, for the king and Haman. And then tomorrow, I will do as the king had requested. Why did she switch from him to them? One gets the sense that she is trying to say here, trying to make the king suspicious. Why yesterday did she say, I'm making a party for me, but also invite Haman? And tomorrow she's making a party for both of us. And also, what is so? So the king should be starting to get suspicious. What is Esther doing here? Is she trying to make Haman equal to me somehow? Or is Haman acting as if he's equal to me? Is she acting like to make the king starting to be suspicious of why is everyone bowing down to Haman if I never made such a decree? Is Haman trying to usurp the kingdom? So she's planting those seeds simply by dropping these words. Every single word is very calculated on her part. Extremely intelligent. And then she says, And tomorrow, I will do right that which the king is asking me. Which seems to be saying, tomorrow, then I'm going to ask you what I really want to know. Right? In other words, this is my request now, because you just said, tell me what your request is. But tomorrow, I'm going to make my real request. And now you have the king thinking, what exactly is this real request? And why is she asking, now making a party for both me and Haman? So the king is curious, the king is thinking. And she's already planting the seeds of suspicion in the king's mind that something devious is up here. Maybe Esther is up to something devious. And, and clearly, maybe Haman is in uh, with Esther on this. So what's going on? And Haman, though, of course, doesn't pick up on this at all. Haman, the narcissist par excellence, when he heard that Esther now, it, the day before, it was a party made for the king. So Haman didn't walk out with so high. He was just being brought in as an extra. But tomorrow there's going to be a party being made for him and the king. So Haman's desire to become like the king is being fulfilled so Haman left the party on the second time, right? I'm sorry, the, the left the first party, having gotten an invite to the second party. So he's happy with a happy heart. But when Haman saw Mordechai, Bishar HaMelech, sitting in the courtyard of the king, oh no, that guy represents the enemy. He's the one who's going to ruin, who can ruin, my ability to become the boss. Now, he saw him and he saw that Mordechai still refused to acknowledge Haman by standing for him or moving or bowing to him 
was furiously angry at Mordechai. Now Haman should know by now that eventually Mordechai is going to end up getting killed along with his people. But that wasn't enough for Haman. Haman needed to get rid of Mordechai because his hatred for Mordechai was a different level. His hatred for Mordechai was that Mordechai represented the type of loyalty that Haman was displayed the exact opposite of that. Haman displayed arrogance and selfishness and the desire to usurp the king and become king himself. Whereas Mordechai represented loyalty to the king <coughs> and honesty and integrity. Haman had to get rid of Mordechai because Mordechai was his biggest enemy. Because if the king would find out who Haman truly is and who Mordechai truly is, Haman is going to be toast, which is going to happen as we'll see soon. So Haman, Haman nonetheless didn't scream, didn't get, he held back his anger against Mordechai by a ball they saw and he came home by Yishlach and he sent for um, the, his, his friends and his wife and brought them to his house because he needed to have a family meeting and a meeting with his friends to discuss what to do. And Haman told them at the honor of all of his wealth and how many children he had and how the king had raised him up and placed him above all the other officers that he made him a chief of all the officers and over all the servants of the king. And even more, the queen Esther hasn't Invited anyone in Mamelach to do a party with the king, the party that she made. Kimosi, only me. She only invited me. The Gamlemachar. And not only that, I need Karula in Mamelach. So, and this is key words here. He says, Yesterday, she only invited me. In other words, I was an invite. The Gamlemachar, but also tomorrow, I need Karula. I am called along. Together with the king. So tomorrow is even better. She's inviting me and putting me on the same level as the king. I'm being called to her, to her party, together with the king, both of us together. However, verse 13, this doesn't mean anything to me. As long as I see Mordechai the Jew sitting in the courtyard of the king, why would he hate him so much? If he had everything that he possibly wanted, why does he hate Mordechai? He hates him because he knows that Mordechai has the potential to ruin his plans. He knows that if the king ever realizes who the real loyal servant is, who is Mordechai and not him, that Haman will be in a big bind and that Haman will, will lose everything that he had gained. So so um, uh, so therefore, as long as Mordechai is there, I'm done. So Vatomer lo Zeresh Ishto, and Zeresh's wife, this is verse 14, said to him, and all of the people that are his friends said to him, Yasu Eitz, let us make a tree or a, uh, a, a beam, a wooden beam, that's 50 cubits high, a very tall beam, and in the morning, I want you to say to the king, we can hang Mordechai on the king, on the, on the, um, on the post. And then you can go to the party happily in the evening because you know that Mordechai is done for. And Haman thought this was a great idea and he made the, the he, he put the, the post up ready to hang Mordechai. Now remember, Haman over here is saying this because 
he he knows at this point the king doesn't yet recognize or realize that Mordechai is the true loyal one. So if he can get rid of him before the king gets that, then Haman may be able to get away with his devious plans. Thank you so much for studying Esther chapter 5 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 6 and of course the rest of the book of Esther together.